Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, our special guest. Matt, you pronounce your last name Rictel or Rictel? Rictel. It is Rictel. I wanted to make sure we got that right. Pen name A.B. Jewel. Uh, Silicon Valley Scion, Captain Do- Is it Donna- Donahue? Is that how you pronounce the name? Yeah, you have your way with it. Have your way <laughs> with it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Silicon Valley Scion, Captain Don Donahue is dead under mysterious circumstances. In fact, he... Well, that's, I, I didn't know he was dead because I would have just pronounced it however I wanted. He's already dead, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, well, he can't sue you. Exactly. <laughs> in fact, he might have... Uh, well, might, might, uh, might as well have been... Or he might have been murdered. Just ask Captain Don himself. He's been sending messages about his suspicious death from beyond <laughs> the grave. Great. All right, Matt, I'm going to shut up now and listen to the story. He's been tweeting <laughs> from the afterlife. Oh, no. Tweeting so Donald Trump will baby. never stop it. Oh, God. It's probably true. So he's been tweeting from the afterlife, or so it seems. So what's what's up here, Matt? Well, uh, first of all, you've got a, a serious journalist who decided that it was time to be less serious. <laughs> okay. Uh, can I speak about myself in the third person? Of course, absolutely. I just did it. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm... I'm, uh, I decided to write a comedic detective novel because I couldn't take it seriously every time someone in Silicon Valley said, this is revolutionary. <laughs> Let me tell you, Tinder for dogs is not revolutionary. 
so so I started to write this detective novel, and one of the one of the topics that people out here talk about is um, is you know uh, singularity. Have you guys heard of singularity? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're gonna like this is where they're gonna sort of figure out how to keep us alive forever. Mm-hmm. So this book is called The Man Who Wouldn't Die. I wrote it under a pen name, AB Jewel, and there you got your classic. Silicon Valley detective going back, you know, to like Raymond Chandler, everyone around the classic Silicon Valley um, detectives always been greedy. And in comes the femme fatale to his office and says, Hey, my dad's been murdered. Uh, I can tell you because he's been tweeting from the afterlife. I was murdered. And of course our detective like detectives have always said is like, get out, get out of my office. I just want a, a good black cup of coffee. And unfortunately in Silicon Valley, you can't even get a good black cup of coffee. You can get a latte with echinacea and wheatgrass in it. So he's already having a bad day. And then he has to go down and unravel the mystery. Has Silicon Valley discovered life after death? And has someone who discovered it been murdered for the uh, innovation? That's a great idea. That's a really good idea. I really like Thank the you. idea. I, I just, there's all kinds of great stuff to read here, and I just, I, I really love that. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, William Fitzgerald, Fitz, he's a world-class detective, tough, stoic, carries a big fist and a flip phone. He's a bad, I'm jealous, because you know what? I'm telling you, Matt, I want a flip phone. I'm sick to death of everybody Oh, God, I hate that screen so much. I can't even tell you. I got to get a flip phone. Yeah, you know, well, part of, the, yeah, part of the book is what even is an innovation anymore? Right. I mean, the, the uh, um, you know, the, the, this, this is a place, Silicon Valley. Look, let, let's concede. It's done a lot of great stuff. Yeah. So yep. full stop. But, you know, the way I think of it is we can afford to laugh at ourselves because Lord knows we can afford everything else. And like, you know, remember the old, so, so this kind of, this book sort of marries that old school detective with the madness of this place and how self-serious it is. You remember in those books, there was always like a high speed car chase. Sure. Well, in, in the man who wouldn't die when the bad guys come after Fitch, he's our detective. It's in a super slow speed car chase because the traffic is so bad. <laughs> and, the, and the bad guys, they've discovered the most important thing you can own as a bad guy in the Bay Area is a Mini Cooper because you really need both to be able to slip through traffic, but really there's a huge premium put on parallel parking. It's so hard to find a spot. So the entire kind of detective novel and the bad guys have been flipped on their head by the, by the kind of the circumstances of this place that is taking itself far too seriously. Yeah, and they kind yeah, I, I, that's the one thing about it. We were just talking about the, the TV show Silicon Valley, which is phenomenal. Love watching yes. it. Although I miss T.J. Miller on there. T.J. is, uh, well, he's not really a friend, but he's an acquaintance. He's very funny. And he's that. very funny. But, yeah, I understand that, you know. Because you, know, you know people. Yes, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you know people, right. But I, I just love the arguments they have. One of my favorites is when, when one of the guys decides he's going to save the planet because he's going to drive a Tesla. And one of the other guys points out in that really dry voice of his, you do realize the electricity that you use to charge your car is created by burning coal and fuel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there, 
Totally. So it's like there's all these like mini strange hypocrisies and overstatements in right. place. One of one of the in this in this comp in this in the in the book one of the the, the grandson of the guy who's dead or not dead that remains to be seen has started a business called Froom, and what Froom is is a business that is involved in naming conference rooms for places like Google because, because he says, he says, and I can find this, I, I, I gotta, I, I, even I, you, it's not good to laugh at your own stuff, but I do, I do find myself laughing at this because people do name their conference rooms and here the, uh, so you guys talk amongst yourselves for a second, because i got to tell you what this guy from Froome says. Okay. All right? <laughs> you, you guys talk. We'll get i got to find the spot. I'm doing it. I'm okay. looking through the book. I'm going to read one thing here I am. Oh, you got it? Yeah, you guys talk. Okay, talk about right, how funny right. I am and how much people should buy the book. Anybody that comes up with the word barista-ristas. <laughs> barista-ristas yes. who serve instant coffee and instant patents. <laughs> yes, a drive-through law firm. You've got a barista Barista, half lawyer, half barista, so you can get a latte with echinacea um, and wheatgrass while suing somebody for a, in a patent dispute. That sounds like a dream come true. In a drive-thru. It's a dream come true. This book's and you know what they call that? They, yes, they call that an innovation, my friend. That's an innovation? Okay, that's good. Uh, it's an innovation. Okay, all right, I found, I found it. Here we go. He goes, this guy who runs... Who runs Froom? They name cancer. He says he goes. You think it's an accident that that Google keeps generating new ideas, brilliant new ideas that actually have the potential to generate revenue? No way. Listen to their conference room names: Mandela's sandals, Sons <laughs> permit, the Mad Hatcher. Oh he says. <laughs> he says. He says, then they got rid of their, their, their conference room name. Or he says, no wonder mouth can flopped. Did anyone, anyone think of the privacy issues of showing the larynx? He says, he says we, we, we name conference rooms, but with you at the helm for your individual enterprise, your vision, we tailor, design, evoke, stimulate. We cooperate, which is a combination of cooperate, create, and copulate. Oh. And Fitch says, Perfect. copulate? And the guy goes, we reproduce ideas at a frightening <laughs> rate. Oh, good God. All right. Enough already, Matt slash A.B. Jewel, no, no, talking no. in the third person about your own pen name. No, I disagree, because uh, that very person that you just derided yourself invented attractive women who are not MILFs, but TELFs. So tell us what a TELF is, sir. Yes, yeah, a TELF. A TELF. Our femme fatale is a TELF. I, I'm not going to say what a MILF is no, uh, no, on account of the FCC and sure. my marriage. Yeah. But, um, yes. but a TELF is uh, an attractive uh, person with a uh, either a Stanford or Harvard MBA. She or he is a tech executive I'd like to fund. Ah. <laughs> I love it. We see what you did there. I, I absolutely love it. Uh, you got the couples are so anxious to get into the best free play kindergartens that they get on the waiting list as soon as they freeze their sperm and eggs for later use. It's not, that's yeah, so, not far so Fitch, from the truth. No, so Fitch, far Fitch from comes out of his house. 
Fitch comes out of his house one day, and in his in his neighbor, uh, his neighbor and his wife have the same. His neighbor and his wife have the same name, um, spelled exactly the same way. It's one of those like really fancy modern names, and 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 Fitch, uh, our detective, can't tell which name is which. But of course, there's some mythical pronunciation. So um, he's always mixing them up. But they want his help. Remember, he's a he's a serious detective, just trying to get a good cup of uh, black coffee and 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 pay the bills. And they are desperate for him to get their frozen egg on into the waiting list of a free play certified <laughs> kindergarten. <laughs> because you don't want to wait. Right. You don't want to and and here's the serious here's the serious also there is a street in Palo Alto that Fitch discovers at night that turns into resume row. During the day it's your usual um uh overpriced handbags that could be also be used as a refrigeration device if you ever go to Davos. And 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 at night, it turns into resume row where cat callers are begging you and your child uh, to come in and raise their SAT scores while also learning an instrument to get into college. Sure. And the yes, naturally. And so the whole the whole thing from birth through I mean this all fits together from birth through getting your kids into college to the desire to live forever. Sort of um, the the humor sort of preys on this overly ambitious view of the world that has left aside the most basic question, which is in the pursuit of wealth and longevity, um, have we lost track of happiness? And honestly, Tom and gang, I will tell you that for all the wonders of Silicon Valley, you have to um, wonder, put, put used in a different context, you have to wonder whether we've lost track of the big picture here. Uh, I was yes. going to ask you about that, too, because it's getting to the point, honest to God. I, well, you, you work for the New York Times, correct? Yeah, I work for the New York Times. So I used to, listen, you guys, I had to laugh because for years I would go to, like, a press conference, and, and there would be someone on the stage in, like, a black turtleneck and jeans and say, you know, this wireless pen will change the world. And I would write down, I'd look very serious, I'd have my serious face on and write down in my notebook, will change the world. You know, in the meantime, my head's doing somersaults and I'm wondering if it's too late, you know, to apply to medical school. And, and even though, look, there is no way you can tell that I was going to get up early enough to be uh, to go to pre-med classes, so that that ship sailed, um, sure. and I'm afraid of this the site of infection. Um, but but that so I do I have very seriously covered this place, um, and and uh, I don't know where I was going with that, Tom. Come at well, me no, again. I, the only reason I'm, I, you know I bring up the New York Times or the Star Tribune or the you know the Pioneer Press here in Minneapolis and St. Yep. Paul, whatever. Great it, papers, by the way. It, we just cannot seem to stop pointing out how horrible everything is and we're all going to die and everything's horrendous. It's it's a little hard to smile in the morning when I get up and read that. I I want to I want to pile onto that. I mean, look, I cover this stuff, but I am <laughs> yeah. I am troubled by the crisis-driven nature oh. of of media. And I and I think we are all to blame to an extent 
And I think that I tweeted the other day. In fact, it's, listen to this. This is on the front page of the paper today. It says fewer of the world's are are fewer of the world's children are dying, but many remain at risk. And I, when I first read the story online yesterday, I tweeted out and said, "Hey, you know, for all of you doomsayers, this is great. This is great. We are making a lot of progress." When I looked at the headline this morning, look, I'm not going to criticize my employer. So anything that happens next in this sentence is said by the my my uh Amy the, Jewel. The, Yes, thank you. <laughs> but AB no Jewel problem. says, why are we why do we have to tack on but many remain at risk? Right. I mean, I understand that that is a serious issue, but I also understand that a lot of good things are happening. Yep. Um yep. and and sometimes may, maybe in all the marketing noise, we've we've just it's it's hard to focus on many of the actual pluses in the world. I don't mean the fake pluses that I'm making fun of in this book, right. but the real right. pluses, like the 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 increases in lifespan, the um, the way people have awakened to new habits around eating or sleep, the um, you know the the way we are finding new ways to make relationships work, the fact that discrimination and and misogyny have been uprooted in ways over the last you know 50 years that were unthinkable i mean you know we're 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 200 years from a civil war and we've made so much progress so um i i actually am a cup half full person uh, yeah, believe so it or not i'm loving to hear do you do you have a few more minutes i need to take a quick break do you have a few more minutes because i'd like to talk to you more about that and more about your book Yep, I'm here. You have time. Great. We'll be right back. More with Matt Richtel. Uh A.B. Jewel, ladies and gentlemen. A.B. Jewel. A.B. Jewel, the man who wouldn't die, a novel. We'll be right back with A.B. right up to this. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website that one of your bankers has worked with a customer for more than 30 years. It's a long time for any business relationship. Is that common? Not only 30 years, but two generations. Our great client, Northland Fastening Systems. 30 years is definitely not common for a lot of bankers, but Brad has developed a relationship with that trusted customer that has allowed them to show steady growth every year they've been together. Building the relationship of trust is what we do best. It allows us to make quick deals that benefit them and all of our business customers. The cool thing is that it gives us a chance to be more than your banker, hopefully a partner, and maybe even a friend. I have never liked you, by the way. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience? Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Thanks, friend. And you are? <laughs> Real nice. Chuck Knobloch. <laughs> Chuck Knobloch. <laughs> Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today 
or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. We are talking to Matt Richtel and A.B. Jewell. Uh, the parts with Matt Richtel, I'll call him Matt, and then the part about the book, The Man Who Wouldn't Die, uh, A.B. Jewell will be spoken to there. Matt, the reason I wanted it to hold on to you for another segment, and, and I, you know, if you if you got to get going after five, ten minutes or whatever, let me know. But um, I love the fact that you write for the New York Times. You have a great sense of humor, which apparently... Uh, it's been lost on a lot of people because they don't want to have a sense of humor anymore. They want to be taken seriously, and nothing is funny anymore. How, and how, no. Why is I thought that? you wanted to keep me on here because I was good looking. <laughs> you know, I haven't seen your picture yet, but if, if that's the wait, addition. Can I, can I say something? Do you want to know why I took a pen name? Yeah, I do want to know. Because you cannot take a pen height and pen weight. <laughs> I wanted to go. I wanted to go. Okay. Listen, no, I wanted to go. I wanted to go about six. I got actually got a buddy in your market, Tom Meyer. Uh, grew up with me in Boulder, Colorado. Is was like an Adonis growing up. Still is. He's like I want to say he goes like six two. You know, one ninety now probably was like two twenty. I want a pen name and pen height like Tom. I go. didn't want a pen name. Now what does Tom do? I mean, I want a pen height and pen weight. What, what does Tom do for a living? Uh, I don't know. I think he helps people. It's, it's really, I think he, I think he helps uh, uh, people in the drug and uh, alcohol addiction circles. I, I think it's really deeply unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were so many careers where he could have made, you know, so much money um, <laughs> sucking off the teat of humanity. But <laughs> he's a, I, don't, I don't know. I just don't, I just don't know what's happened to people anymore with their goodness it's just yeah it's enough of that enough of that goodness um i i I want to bring up two things to you because uh i also do a morning show in the market here and we've been looking at some stuff lately and i read the headlines because i don't i don't pre-read any stories like when you sent your the descriptor of your book and who you are and all the rest of it i don't pre-read that stuff because i want to have a natural reaction to it Yep. You know, I didn't know you were going to be funny as hell. So when you were funny as hell, it was a great surprise for me. You know, and right, and a sheer and an utter disappointment at the same time. Well, no, we'll we'll, we'll be the judge of that. We'll get you know, we'll see what happens in the next <laughs> ten minutes or so. Okay. But but here here is the problem I have reporting the news now, Matt, and yep. and for the New York Times, and uh, it's got to be the same situation. But I get up and I read. Uh, that that our uh, own, I here, I got to explain something, Matt. First of all, I'm I'm pretty much a centrist. I don't really lean hard left or hard right. I like Democrats and I like Republicans. I like Libertarians. The far edges, I'm not wild about either one of them. But so here's what I read. Ilan yep. Omar, who's our congresswoman from the state of Minnesota, said yep. that on September 10th, 2001, she fell asleep, and she woke up the next morning as a suspect. Okay, and I thought that's really okay. that's really bizarre to say something like that. And okay. then I read this morning that our president uh, Donald Trump said that uh, Cokie Roberts uh, is a uh, was a great a true professional and a great uh, great. Uh, no, I, I think he just called her a true professional. And okay. then he said, had to add, but she was never nice to me. 
The woman just died. Do you really have to point out that she was never? Who cares? Well, he's nothing if, if not a narcissist. Oh so my God, these that. people. I'm a victim. No, she's mean to me. No, I'm a suspect. Everybody's a victim now, Matt. Why is everybody a victim? Well, <laughs> like you. Yeah, I told you to stay off those Paul him. Malls. You wouldn't listen I to do, me. I I actually think Cookie Roberts was nice to me once. I could be mistaken. But but I. First of all, I, 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 I want to echo something you said. I mean, I try to walk into every conversation without prejudging. Yeah, good. And the reason I do that is because I, I do find that there are remarkable, thoughtful people all over the place on yep. every side of the aisle. Yep. Um, it's, it drives people around me personally nuts that I refuse to judge. Um, because I know. It just drives people nuts, and I think it's because here's my theory on this. I'm gonna, it's a little different than the victim thing, but I'll come back to the victim thing. If you'll indulge me, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna be uh, serious, but with an undercurrent of witty. Can I do that? Uh, well, that's uh, you're very good at that stuff. So good. Okay. Yes. All right. So here's what I want to say. I think that the world's super complicated, and one of the reasons we are quick to judge is it is very scary to be uncertain. And it takes a certain kind of personality, a certain kind of person with personal comfort to be able to say, look, I just don't understand everything. Yeah. I mean, I think I can say to you, looking you in the eye, not only do I not understand many things, I understand almost nothing. <laughs> so, I mean, on a really, truly deep level, though, that's true. Like, I understand the stuff I cover because I'm deeply invested in it. But if you asked me, if you truly asked me, Matt, could you give us an opinion about the war in Afghanistan? Right. As much as I've read, I would say, fourth and 20, I'm punting. Because I don't, I have not read the briefing booklets. Who am I to judge that situation? And I think it fits into the victim question in a certain way where um, we are quick to want to have an answer. And part of that is because the world is complicated. And if we don't have an answer, we feel like we're blowing in the wind. And I really want to write a song under the name A.B. Jewel, Blowing in the Wind, because it has so catchy. Yeah, well, absolutely. Blowing in the way. Right. There's a guy named I Bob Dylan. Does that, that resonate at all that we are we're quick to judge because it's scary to feel uncertain? Yeah, but you know what? The problem I have with that, Matt, is that that I grew up, you know, in an interesting way, and I have I'm pretty much not afraid of anyone or anything. So for me to see that happening makes me really uncomfortable because, like, what are you afraid of? What are they going to do to you? You know? So I just want to, first I want to say, um, I, take, I take a little, you said you grew up in an interesting way. I, I doubt from what I've heard that you did grow up. I think you're in a state of <laughs> arrested you. adolescence. Oh, I like so guy. I just got to call you on that. But I yeah. want to say, when you say you're not afraid, I know what you mean. You mean that on a core level, you're not scared that you're going to be thrown off by something. You are who you are. Is that right. what you mean? That's correct. That's exactly so right. I think I, I I actually think that we are challenged as a species in in many people think feeling confident in their skin and so what they do is they put on armor and that yep. armor yep. can be strong pronouncements about what's right and wrong to look 
like they feel, are more confident than they actually are. And yep. that's just flat-out fraudulence. It is. You're 100% but now right we're that. getting away from, uh, we're getting into, like, serious stuff, um, and then people are going to forget I'm hilarious. No, 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 we're, 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 no. We're going back to it right now because the only reason I brought I, I want to close no, I that. Like this to- I really do like that topic. I know you do. You're a smart guy. Um, why don't you Go have on. your own TV show? I don't care if it's on you know CNN or Fox or MSNBC. Why don't you have a an half an hour news show where you could maybe talk some sense into people? What do you think? Oh, that would be that. Actually, that's a really great question, and there's a very serious answer. I would have to own pants. <laughs> okay, well, I, and, no, you're behind and, the desk. You'd be all right. My my daughter says I drop off at school. She's like, Dad, Dad, please. Please get some pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. No, man. I, I, I look. I, 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 it's actually. Can I say? Can I say something serious to that point yeah, you just abso- made? Absolutely. Like I do think. I think it's it's hard to be interesting all the time about serious issues. And one of the reasons I think that twenty four hour news, whether on paper or in the in the um, on TV has become a challenge is because we are not always because there's not necessarily enough substance to carry us. So the challenge of doing a show every day and I hear I'm not overtly condemning you um, just, you know, very subtly. Sure. No, but I'm really not. But the challenge of doing it, you would know better than I, is it's hard to be inspired all the time. It is. And I think what winds up happening is you then watch those 24-hour news shows, and they have to make hyperbole out of lots of things yeah. to meet the bar yeah. of being interesting. You know, I guess to kind of describe uh, what I watch – I talk to uh, Anderson Cooper a few times a year. We have him on. He's an acquaintance. He's not a friend, but I really like you, him. You know a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I, well, because I've been I've been doing a morning show for thirty four no, years. I've been in business for forty eight years. But but uh, so I, I really like Anderson Cooper. And then to show you how odd I really am, Pete Hegseth, who's on Fox News on on the weekends, is a good friend. So you take Pete Hegseth and Anderson Cooper, I don't think those two would agree on anything, yet I really like both of them. Well, uh, what, tell, me, tell me, what are they, what, what is it that you, if you had to characterize what you like about them off the air, you would describe it as what? Okay, in Anderson Cooper's case, any, any man who sits on national television and begins crying talking about his mother who just passed is my kind of guy, because that's what a real man is. I love that about him. He has a sensitivity that I really, really admire. And Pete Hegseth, just he to me, and like I said, he's actually a friend. uh, He actually cares about everybody uh, living the best life they possibly can. And, And it does upset him that people get so wound up about nothing. They're good people. They're both really good people. I don't think they'd agree on anything, but I really like them both. So, so is the system broken? Or, yeah, or, that's a good or, question. Are they, or are they the anomalies? This is what I'm telling you why you should have your own TV show, because you would ask questions like that that nobody else would ask, and you're funny. So let's go. Get off your ass and get a let's TV do show. It. Now, now, hold on a second. Are you saying I have to get off my ass? That, <laughs> yeah, that's no, wait, you didn't first. say that earlier. You said <laughs> yeah, have right. your own TV show. I, right. yeah, actually, in tr- truth be told, I have been asked on a, n- a number of occasions to do, I was once asked to be, 
hired for TV and then to do some radio. I, I don't know how you do it. I would love I would love to interview people on issues of substance. Yes, but I don't know. I don't even know how one goes about that. Well. You know, I, I might be able to mention it to a few people. You'd be really good on top. You know, I, I, I they, they haven't shown me your picture yet, so I, I haven't seen, yeah, yeah, you're the, the handsome devil that you are. I haven't seen the picture yet, right. but I'm just assuming that that's the case. So that's not going to be a problem. But well, I, actually, let's be clear. Ab Jewel is phenomenally good looking. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Matt Richtel, I would characterize more as sort of suave and handsome. Oh, so okay, well. A, there's a significant distinction there. Both are sort of irresistible, yeah, but in yeah, their own yeah, ways. Yeah. Matt would like Matt would say, you know, uh, I mean, Matt, look, both are happily married to my wife. I think, which is Wonderful. illegal, Wonderful. but yeah, which is beautiful and illegal, yeah. um, and involves some role playing. But if Matt if Matt were single, he would, you know, you'd go on a date and he'd look you in the eye and he'd say, "I really want to hear about your day." And if A.B. Jewell were single, um, he would probably say, aren't you going to finish that next tequila shot? <laughs> so both, that's what I'm saying. Both are very, very important personality types. I understand that completely. And, and they, they, they meet in the middle nicely. I, I do understand your position. You want, you want to enjoy your life. You love to write. You're a very, very funny guy. Uh, I just like to hear more. Maybe you and I just need to stay in touch, and I have to have you on the morning show and have you on this show. And it, it just talking to you today, man. And I'm very serious about this. There's no because I, you and I have never met, but I'm very impressed. I feel much better after talking to you because there's somebody who's a very smart person that's not saying, "Oh my God, we're all going to die in the next five years." Like, all right, look. Ugh. Can I can I leave you with this? Yeah. Please, can I leave yeah. you with AB Jewel was going to do an open mic comedy routine. I, I don't know if I have time to do it, but can I leave you with my opening bit? I'd love to hear it. All right, here we go. Here we go. This is it. So the first line is kind of a throwaway. Why am I doing an open mic night? Well, you know, without a mic, you guys couldn't hear me. Um, but let's just, let's put that aside. It's, it has to do with death. I, you know, we all fear death. I, I want to get this in before I die. And I personally can picture the moment where I learn about my own death, and I want to describe it to you. There I am. I'm, I'm at the doctor. I'm with my wife, and the, the doctor says, Mr. Richter, I'm sorry. You have to get your affairs in order, and this is incredibly difficult for me. I mean, at this moment when I'm learning of my, my dire illness, he's disclosing to my wife that I'm seeing other people? <laughs> And thank you, thank you, wait, I'm not done. And it's not the fact that I'm having affairs that upsets my wife. It's the fact that I'm disorganized. (laughs) See, now that's fun. Well, at some point in a marriage. That's very, very funny. How is that? How about this, ladies and gentlemen, because I know we only have a couple more seconds here, but uh, Matt Richtel, not not A.B. Jewell yet, but Matt Richtel, uh, won the Pulitzer Prize in 2010 for a series of stories on distracted driving. So funny, handsome, what'd you say, swarthy? Was that one of them? Suave. Suave. Yeah. Suave, not swarthy, suave. Or we could make up a word, swarvy. Well, you, yeah, you're good at that, too. You're good at making up words like barista-rista, <laughs> words like that. Matt, you got to come back, and I, I want to book you on the morning show, the KQ Morning Show as well, because they have, we have a, a huge audience that would love you. They, they'd be Wait, big what fans. show did I just do? This is the afternoon show that I do. Oh, I love that. 
Well, you can do the afternoon show and then you do the morning. Although, do you live, where do you live now? I live in, uh, we live in San Francisco. Oh, God. So you're going to have to get up a little early in the morning to be, but if we have you on at nine o'clock, seven o'clock is not too early for you, is it? No, I could, I could do seven and I will send you, I will send you the song that made it on the radio that I, that I sang and someone produced for, for my children's book. Uh, and that. It's called, the song's called Don't Pick Your Nose, and it is a rock anthem, an all-out rock anthem. <laughs> I love it. A plea, a plea. I want you to do me a favor. No, Matt, I, I talked earlier about the fact that I'm not afraid of anything or anyone, and I, I yeah. you know, the old Francois Bobot, the I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. But yes. if you reach out to other people that maybe like newspaper writers, they're going to go, oh, that prick. So... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you are you disliked? Oh God, by about half the people, yes. Because I'm well, very tell honest. me why. Because I'm what very honest with people. Uh, Minnesotans like to be passive aggressive. I am not passive aggressive at all. Uh, I I say exactly what I think, and people are very uncomfortable with that. They don't like that. Interesting, because you sound very you sound very measured to me. We'll see. Will you say, wait? Will you say something wildly offensive? Wild, <laughs> wildly <laughs> offensive. Let's see. Uh, yeah, I don't know about I don't know about wildly offensive. It's just basically, well, here, here an example, like when I did read that Alan Omar thing. She, she, I live in the fifth district where she's the congresswoman. Okay. And I said, uh, I read the whole deal about. I woke up as a victim, and I basically said, "Why don't you kiss my living ass? You grow up as a, you woke up as a suspect. That's ridiculous. People do and not that, like." Is that, that offensive? Because you don't bathe that part of your body. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> Why? How how often have we talked to you about Hosing the need down. to? For hygiene, <laughs> you're right, Matt. You're absolutely right. He's and had I, two beeps. Yeah. Oh, he said two beeps. He said two beeps. Oh God, I'm sorry, Matt. I kept you too long. We will stay in touch, and I got to talk to you again really soon, Matt. Thank you. All right, as you wish. I am here. You're a good man. Bye. Uh, bye, guys. Bye. Matt Richtel, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, now, see, we need more people like him. He's a very smart guy, very funny guy. He's a hell of a writer. I you mean, need you people give... that are willing to talk to everybody instead of just the people that you know. Yeah, isn't that unusual? I hold hands with every day. Isn't that just? It's so yeah. ridiculous that. I know. The, uh, uh, We'll take a break here. We'll come back and do a shorter third segment. But uh, Matt Richtel, it's R-I-C-H-T-E-L, writes for everybody. He won the Pulitzer Prize. That's not an easy thing to do. Let me eh. just point that out. Ah, Pulitzer <laughs> Prize, who cares? Pulitzer uh, Ladies and gentlemen, A.B. Jewell, J-E-W-E-L-L. The book is called The Man Who Wouldn't Die, a novel. And I will stay in touch with Matt, I promise. We'll be right back with the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. 
If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less. And the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Uh huh. We are back, ladies Hello. and gentlemen. We uh, are in a situation where we've had great guests on this uh, show this afternoon, and now we turn to an Italian. So it's it can't be that great. An Italian in Italy. An Italian How in more Italy. How authentic can we get? You know, I, I'm, I'm just amazed right now because I am on the eastern seaboard of Italy in a town called Tezero. It's right across from Croatia. And it, the only thing everybody says to me is, what is going on in Minneapolis? Oh, I They're know. seeing the news. It's on the news here. Yep. It's really? The, the, the beat the beatdown at Target Field is on the news in this little oh, town yeah. in Italy. Yep. Yeah, it's made international news because it's so bad. And because we ignored oh, it, it in the town of Minneapolis-St. Paul. Disgusting. Uh, you know what happened so last week, don't you? It's, em- it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Uh, we, You and I talked about it one week ago, about those beatings. You showed me the video, and we talked about it on this show. Apparently that night, Tom Lydon did a story on it, but everybody else ignored it. And then all oh, of a sudden, of course they did. Yeah, they did. They ignored it. I talked about it the next morning, uh, last Thursday on the morning show, and then all of a sudden, I'm sitting there watching Fox News, and it breaks on Fox News nationally before the newspapers here would even cover it. Well, here it's on CNN World. Unbelievable. They show the whole video. They show the video. They show wow. him riding a bicycle over the guy's head. It's, in, it's in such an embarrassment. It is a well, huge embarrassment. I just was looking on Twitter, <laughs> and the New York Daily News says, Lack of cops cause devastating Minneapolis crime spree. There you go. Gunmen, robbers, <clears throat> and sexual deviants are running amok in Minneapolis, and there aren't enough cop, uh, cops yeah. to stop well, a mess. There you go. Gee, I yeah. wonder why. Uh, okay, a New York so, publication. So after all that happens, if you were the mayor, would you do this? So in, in two hours from right now, your time, Mayor Fry, Jacob Fry, mm-hmm. is going to announce his new grand plan. And and I'm not serious. I'm serious. This is going to happen today. You will see it. You can pull it up. He's going to announce he's giving any criminal who's been arrested on a, a, an alternative to a cash bail. So instead of getting, what? you need money to get out of jail, you can agree to meet with a counsel, with a with a with a with a social worker. I, why are we coddling criminals now in this? But oh, he, I'm telling you, it's going to break today. You're going to see this story all over Minnesota today. Jacob Pry is news plan. Instead of you have to pay to get out of prison to get bailed out, you can just sign a thing saying that you will meet with a social worker once a month. Oh, my God. And, and I'm those, sure those people that actually got charged with those beatdowns, 
are already out of jail because none of them got, they only got charged with robbery. That's the only charge. I looked that at every one of them. And yes, only robbery, robbery only. And almost every one of them got charged as a minor. Only three got charged as adults. How did they not get so, charged for assault? Nope. No, nobody got charged with assault. Only it's robbery. Right there on I video. I looked at everyone. You can pull them up. Wow. You can pull them up with Hennepin County Sheriff's. Because remember, every felony, they are felony robbery charges. But they're they're juvenile. It's juvenile felony charges. Oh. Yeah, it's totally so they've got no time. They're juveniles. <laughs> the, the, the people that were over 18, and they all, and what the funny thing is, they all identified them through face recognition because they're all convicted felons. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, there you go. Isn't that just we're protecting these people and leaving the people that own businesses in downtown Minneapolis to, to twist in the wind because nobody wants to go downtown Minneapolis after dark anymore. Yeah, I give it ten now, years that, before a that, militia that takes over be, Minneapolis. Tom, yeah. that that target field beatdown was midday. I know it yep. was midday. Yep, midday. it was. You're absolutely. It was right. three p.m. So it's not. It's just not a night anymore. No, it's and not. And I'll tell you to be to be in a little tiny innocent town. This town that I'm in right now is the most innocent town in the world. For the first thing they say, "Well, you're from," and you say Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they go. Oh my God, we've been seeing it. And just everyone, I'm just blown away. Blown away. They are talking in the United States about the fact that uh, your buddy, uh, what, what's his last name? It's not Abandando. I always think he's the, the godfather's buddy. What's his name? <laughs> what, the chief of police. What's his name? Oh, Rondo, yes. Rondo. Okay, well, Rondo, they said on Fox News, national news, that Rondo wants 400 more cops in the city of Minneapolis. And Jacob Fry yeah, and doesn't Jacob want to Fry give him 18. Eighteen. <laughs> and we, really, if you look at the if you look at the actual what he gave him, it's not even eighteen; it's only seven because oh he God. gave he gave a, you know they they abolished the traffic division like four years ago. So he gave him three traffic cops, and he gave him a detective and a couple MPD secretaries. So they're not even street cops. It's not going to do anything. Well, and what good is a cop if no one ever goes to prison? Right. They're just out immediately. Who cares? Well, that's a whole other story. And what's funny is, you know, Mike Friedman is the head of the county of attorney here, yeah. and people don't yep. realize this. All felony arrests in the city of Minneapolis get kicked to Hennepin County. The city of Minneapolis does not prosecute felonies. They because go they don't to have Hennepin any prosecutors. County. Right. So Mike Freeman automatically takes them. Oh, and God. he's... he's Sorry, I mean, hate, I hate to be political, but he's in the pocket of the Democratic Party. Well, they have they, they put out the the budget for this uh, seventy five thousand dollars in the twenty twenty budget. It's a one time funding twenty five thousand dollars will go to the city attorney for people charged with non domestic non DWI misdemeanor offenses. These funds will go to pay for the social workers for these criminals to check in. So we so, have money for social workers for criminals, but not for law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, the, the, oh. the, 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 what I heard, and I heard, I can't give my source, but the person who called me today and told me that Jacob Freiston announced this in two hours that he's going to let criminals not pay bail anymore and just agree to meet with a social oh, worker. God. And that program, just for the people that are right now, including the people who just did those beatdowns, is $100,000 as taxpayers' money for oh. like the first 90 days. 
I just, I, what are we going to learn that people are going to get massacred in the streets in, in about another well, month or two if it doesn't stop? Well, apparently people Fry, don't get it. People uh, don't get it. he proposed to add 14 officers to the force citywide, but said publicly he'd like to add more, but is unsure if it would pass the council's approval. The city what? council. So those are the people you need to start voting out. They didn't right. vote for the city council. I thought the Met Council. They're appointed. How, the Met Council you don't how long, vote for. How long will it be before big companies start oh, pulling out? Medtronic has already pulled all hospitality out of downtown Minneapolis. Isn't that just sad? They're uh, destroying Med- that city. is one of the biggest medical devices companies in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did all their hospitality downtown. Hotels, dinners. They pulled it all. 100% they pulled it. Polaris. Sad. You know, the CEO of Polaris got pulled out of a cab. Yeah, he did. beaten <clears throat> on yep. Mall. Yeah, he did. Yep. I saw that happen. And we're doing nothing about... What's going to have to happen is the taxpayers in the city of Minneapolis are going to have to... Uh, rise up and say we've had enough of this we can't we can't go to the band shell anymore because somebody burned it to the ground we can't go over to the warming house over at uh you know white earth lake or Bade macosco or calhoun or whatever you call it this week uh, <laughs> nancy 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 calls me yesterday she had to go to target on nicolette mall she called me and she goes you wouldn't the target in nicolette mall is literally a homeless shelter it's goes, a it, it was so unbelievably <laughs> bad, like so bad. That's a tenth of Nicollet. Mm-hmm. Right in the city. I know, corridor. but it's really bad. Right in the center of the city, and and they're just it's and all. It's, the, it's Target, man. It's their world headquarters. Oh God! I, uh, what what is I don't the know upside what to do, man. of the, this ass kissing? What is the upside of this? Because I don't get it. You know, I'll tell you, Tom. This is what it is. It's it, 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 people think it's just it's just mayhem and nothing's organized. But people like Jacob Fry, remember Jacob Fry was an attorney from right outside of D.C. in Virginia. He lived in Virginia. He was right. an attorney. He married a lobbyist. He moved here first year ran for office. He's a career politician, and he knows he's not some dumb young kid. He knows exactly what he's doing. But he's harming he really the does. residents. It, 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 Nothing new. These people have done it before in other cities, San Francisco, Chicago. He's playing the same play card. Mm-hmm. He's going to destroy the city to get a climb that that Democratic national platform ladder. Right. That's what he's doing. Well, what are we going to? It's, it's been done twenty times. But I mean, he's doing. He's playing the same play card. But it doesn't make any sense that people want to promote people that wreck a city. It just, I, I don't get it. You know, we're, we're in big trouble. We are in big trouble. All right, young man, get back to bed. Or What are you going out schwealing tonight? What are you doing? <laughs> no. I, uh, it, it, a storm's rolling in, actually. Oh, it is. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the Adriatic Sea is usually literally like a pond because the Croatia is just 90 miles across. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's literally always a lake. And right now it's raging because oh. a storm's oh, rolling really? in from the Croatia side. That's pretty cool to see. I've never seen it before, so that's pretty cool. I understand that. Are you getting? Yeah, I, I just. I'm here on uh, motorcycle, looking at motorcycles. Right, but when are you, are you going to be back next week? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be back next week. All right. Well, enjoy your time. We'll I come talk back to you. on Tuesday. We'll talk to you yeah, next week. Yeah, it's good seeing, good talking to you guys. And 
I don't know. If you can talk sense into anybody in Minneapolis to vote, please try. I will try my absolute best. <laughs> I want, and you know what? I want to get Michael. I want to get Michael Bryant's opinion on this new no bail thing because that's his business, man. Yeah, it is. You're absolutely right. And, and they're they're, they're going to give people. You know what? You don't have to call a lawyer and get bail. Just sign this paper saying you'll meet with a social worker every month. And then you won't. They don't show up. You know that. That's the other part. I promise I'll be good not. this time. It just, it just puts them back on the street so oh, fast. God. Oh God! I, what are we doing? They're going to laugh. They're going to sign the paper and laugh yeah, all the way are. home. I feel I feel like the last comic at the comedy store at, at one thirty. They come on at one forty-five. That gives all the bad news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, pal. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, see you guys. Thanks a lot, Bye. LA Nick from. Was it, is it Tessero or Tessero? I don't know. <clears throat> it's Tessero. one of those. Putinesco. I cannot <laughs> believe that we're doing this. You just, you commit crimes and you get to walk because you promise to go see a social worker and you're never going to do it. The They're ta- not going to go the see The taxpayers it. are paying for the social workers. And we're paying for the social oh. workers. So these people commit crimes and we pick up the tab for Okay, them. so all these people are uh, under just, 18, right? Most of them are under most 18. Most of them are, yeah. Well, okay, so why aren't their parents like, okay, what, what are we going to do with these parents? Because they prey on people. That Their parents allowed the children to develop into the pieces of crap that they are. They're horrible people. I'm sorry. Well, they shouldn't just their are. kids be taken away from them? Yeah, well, good luck. The parents should pay for it. Yes. Yeah, you pay for God. it. God. All right, we're going to go home and cry into our pillow now. <laughs> I used to love Minneapolis, St. Paul. I used to love going downtown. It just breaks my heart. What they And we warned them 30 years ago that this was going to happen. Nobody listens. They did not listen. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24 hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, you have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. All right. Yes. We're back, we're back. Yes. So, 
I have a Tom Bernard story for everybody. Ooh, okay. I like these. <laughs> so Alex stays over at the house because Dan needed to do things in the house. And you know how it is with a three-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. You can't do anything. Right. Because they're constantly getting into stuff. So Fawn is three, three-and-a-half. And she's, you know, got her emotions are, let's just say, subject to change at a moment's notice. Yes. I don't know if anybody's been around a three and a half year old lately, but they're <laughs> they're they pretty much are a little bit bipolar. It, it doesn't stop. Oh, it, please. it continues. It continues. I'm dealing with teenage girls. Oh, teenage just... girls, yeah. But at least you can take stuff away from a teenage girl. You can say, like, you're not driving the car until you stop acting <laughs> like this. Or mm-hmm. you can say, no cell phone. Right. You know, toddler is like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No food. No food, yeah. No food and go to bed. They're like, fine. I don't care. And you're going to feed them anyway because they're even crabbier when they're hungry. So Fawn is going from gleefully playing with Bop Bop at laughing and having, what are they talking about? They're talking about turd buckets. Going to wear a turd bucket. She's like, Andy has to wear a turd bucket to his wedding. <laughs> Something about, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so they're... That whole topic, just all, like, the words oh, yeah. alone. Oh, yeah. They don't well, have to mean anything. Yes. Well, and Dad feeds into the whole yep. potty humor thing so oh, much. Yeah. It's like they talk about farts and turds, and oh, that's just hilarious. And I'm like, really? Do we have to? And anyway, so Fawn's laughing gleefully, and then all of a sudden, she she does this. She just turns yep. like a switch. Mm-hmm. And Dr. she gets Jekyll this. And Mr. She gets Hyde. this evil look on her face. I'm like, you could patent this for a horror movie. It's like terrifying. <laughs> What's in that little brain right now? Right. And she gets mad about something, and he doesn't handle it well. When she gets mad at him, um, so I think she, I think she hit him or something, mm-hmm. which she's been hitting for a while. Yeah, I'm like, I don't. I don't put up with it, but she got him this time. And I know when it's coming. <laughs> when I see that look on her face, I'm like, I put her down and I walk away. It's <laughs> like, just get away. Everybody run. She's got Everybody run. Like yeah, this. it's like, you know, the teenage hormonal yeah, <laughs> yeah. thing. You see the boy come in with the look on his face. Just everybody run. Or the girl. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So, anyway. So, we were all going to go out to dinner. And... Tom then refuses to go to dinner because he was hit by a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> His no. ego was bruised. <laughs> will not Aww. put up with this abuse. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you said, you know what? Dinner's off. He says, I'm, I'm no, he good. says, you all go to dinner. I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to go to dinner with somebody that hits me. I'm like, she's three. I don't care. I'm not going to, no one's ever treated me like this and I'm not going to allow it. And I'm like, you could deal with that and not, you know, act like a baby yourself. So no, then Alex is come, running else. around. She's got Sage in the car and she's, and Sage was, He's usually really a fun little guy. I mean, he's active and stuff, but he was making life a pretty big misery this day. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was, he was clingy days. and whiny and just really having, having a day. So Alex comes in and she says, what's going on? I'm like, dad's refusing to go to dinner because Fawn hit him. <laughs> She's like, what? I'm like, yeah. She says, well, then we're just going to go home then. I'm like, okay, so I have a bag of people with, you know, highly emotional people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and what, and I'm like, what, I don't even know what to do with these people at this point. 
<laughs> I don't even know who to talk to. Who could be a rational? Who's the adult? Is there any? Are there any adults? It, I mean, it doesn't sound like it sounds like it sounds like Fawn just single-handedly ruined dinner for everybody. everybody. Okay, <laughs> so then. Alex calms down after, so she's stomping around. She's getting ready to leave. I'm like, whatever. At this point, I don't even give a shit. <laughs> Everybody's having cereal. Yeah, that's everybody's enough. acting like a child. Right, so right. You know I'm, I'm not going to dinner either. Yeah, We're exactly. All mad now. Yeah, exactly. So, so all of a sudden, Alex calms down and she talks to to uh, Fawn. Says, you know, you really hurt Bop Bop's feelings. You need to go apologize to him and. Um, and then we'll either go or go out to dinner. <laughs> fine. I hear fine. No, I can't talk to him. He's mad at me right now. <laughs> and she he says, yes, because you hit him. So all of a sudden she goes over. Bop, bop. I'm sorry I was crabby to you and hit you. Can we please go to dinner? He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets up and we're, I'm like, are we, what's happening so we are going, okay. So we're walking out, and all of a sudden Fawn, because she's three and a half, says, I don't think you two should come to dinner. Oh. I think we'll go out to dinner. You stay here. Because she was just parroting what he just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what she does. She's yeah. three and a half. And so Tom's like, all right, I'm not going to go. <laughs> oh, God. I am like, I, I don't know if I should slap people. <laughs> Go stay in a hotel? Yeah. I don't even know what to do at this point. Everybody needs a little Prozac. What's, That's a what's... very emotional household that you live it's in. It's unbelievable. Uh, I totally would have popped a bag of popcorn and just sat on the couch and watched everybody lose their mm-hmm. minds. <laughs> no, that doesn't work either because then they try to drag you into it because it's like they all look to me to mm-hmm. sort everything out. I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not the liaison officer between all of you no. psychos. Like you guys stay here. I'm gonna go to dinner by myself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, here's where we'll be. I'll be driving to Duluth and back. <laughs> and hopefully, you'll all be gone by the time I get home. So yeah, so that's like my weekend. Oh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's. T- I don't even know how. What do you? Okay, so you have a three and a half year old who is a. I mean, I don't want to call him out, but they allow her to hit a bit. Mm-hmm. Like when she's really raging. Mm-hmm. They allow her to hit, and I don't think that's okay. Well, if one thing that we're, you know, if she has those, you know, because when they're growing, they have these bursts of emotions, and they don't know how to handle their emotions at three. No. So usually what I used to tell, like, my I have, my youngest is the most troubling. He's the most dramatic. I call him my drama queen. Like yes. Everything is Fawn just, is definitely a drama queen. I would queen. have him go scream in a pillow. I'm like, if you're mad, you go scream in a pillow, and then you come talk to me when you're more rational and calm down. Oh, so what, you have a compliant rager. What if you have a non-compliant <laughs> rager? I just, I would put, I would put him in his room and say, you're not coming out until you calm down. Yeah. So I tell him, if you need to go scream into a pillow, go scream into a pillow. Now, when he's acting up. What I like to do is I whip out my phone and I start recording him when he's acting like that. And I said, I'm sending this to Santa. Oh, <laughs> oh, blackmail. Wow. <laughs> Works that's, like that's a really charm. <laughs> he does not want to disappoint Santa. That's the new version <laughs> of I'm telling right. Jesus. Yeah, that's how to parent in 2019. <laughs> Record your well, kids. Wait, especially like he, it, it never <laughs> fails. Every day when I pick the boys up from school, as soon as they get, he gets in the car, there's fighting. 
Mm-hmm. And I can't really do anything because I'm driving. Oh, yeah. Alex and I fought pretty much every so time I'll we just, got in the car. I'm like, oh, okay, I remember I'm crying going oh. down the highway. Just <laughs> crying. I don't even remember why. It's just, I don't know. Uh, just how kids are. Because yep. you had the opportunity mm, to just. So, right? He's breathing on me. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. He's, he's looking at me. She's touching me. Yep. And I'm like, oh, jeez. <clears throat> Yep. You know, my mom used to threaten like, "I will pull this car over right now and like, I'll whoop all of you if we don't, if you guys don't behave." And, oh, like, I have like, pulled over the we'd, car. We like, yeah, we'd keep arguing, <laughs> keep spanked? arguing. Oh yeah, and you she did? like, yeah, she would. I remember. So did I. Yeah. Really used or to even a backhand across the head was always good. She used to good. tell us, uh, <laughs> "Go in." She'd be like, "Go in the kitchen and pick out a wooden spoon that you're gonna get spanked oh. with," and then we'd be like. Here's this one. <laughs> here's, the, here's, here's the weapon here's, of my destruction. Yeah. <laughs> I picked the most flexible plastic yep. spoon ever. <laughs> See, I, I think I spanked you once. Yeah, you once because you were like, I don't know, you were completely out of control. And I remember you actually came up and thanked me afterwards because you were like, I was completely hysterical. <laughs> I needed somebody to do something. I had yeah. emotional problems when I was a kid. Well, most kids seem to, but... It, it's hard. It's hard I was to, especially just, I don't know. Yeah, you were very it, I don't know where that came from. It's hard to, to um, discipline right kids because each kid is different and they're going to react different. differently. Yeah. So, you know, like in our household, I have six school-age kids, and I have to treat each one differently when it comes to punishment or having a talking to or anything like that because they all react differently. Well, see, this was the thing that was going on. Yeah, when when Andy and Alex were little, Alex was, you just gave her a look and she was just crying, stop, whatever yeah. she did. Mm-hmm. Whereas Andy would amp it up. Mm-hmm. Or you'd give him that look like, shut up, kid. And he'd be like, what? Yep. <laughs> and be louder. Right. You know, so, it, so to him, since he was almost always in trouble and he would amp it up, it looked like I was being nicer to Alex because I didn't have to do as much to her to get her to stop whatever horrific <laughs> thing she was doing. Yep. You know, so I got the, you like her better than me. And I'm like, the thing is, is that I don't get disciplinary letters from school. <laughs> She's never been kicked out of preschool. I just have to look at her and she stops. Um, what do you want me to do? Well, I know. Just be honest with your kids. I tell my kids that. They're like... Oh, you baby Max and stuff like that. He's your favorite. I go, no, he's not my favorite. It's just he's the only one that will cuddle with me still. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like, like he is the baby. Like, yeah, he is the my baby. My middle son Charlie. He was a perfect kid, perfect baby. I would just have to give him a look, yeah. and he's like, oh crap, yeah. I'm in trouble. You know, or he if he does something wrong, and he'll come up to me in tears, and he'll tell me what he did wrong. Oh, I never had that. Yeah, he's like, Mom, <laughs> I did something really stupid. And you can just see him welling up with tears because he doesn't want to disappoint me. Oh. You know? Yeah. Um, I hear that's standard. I've never had a child like that. <laughs> he's my only one that's like that, so I have never, I never told on myself to our mom. It was, uh, yeah, teachers, I will do detention for a week. Just don't tell my mom that I was acting up in class because she is not going to be happy. Oh, they always had to know. They had to tell the teacher. Oh, yeah. Parents. Oh, no, it never worked. It never worked. I could, I could bark so and bag you and... weren't an easy kid? I think I was a pretty easy kid for the most part. Like I was detention, not so much. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't spend too much time in detention. Oh. I started like it was always like just being like a class clown that I would get in trouble for nothing. Oh, like, oh just over disruption the top. kind yeah. of stuff. Being distracting, mm-hmm. Tevin. Yep. Yep. But see, now I've got the added um, dynamic of being 
the grandparent mm-hmm. to this child who's highly emotional. Mm-hmm. And Alex likes to swoop in when I'm trying to do a little one-on-one because, like, I'm going to have a different relationship with Fawn mm-hmm. than her mother is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what works for Alex isn't necessarily going to work for me because then if I try to do everything the way Alex does it, then it's going to be like you're trying to be my mom and that's not going to work, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, got, it's, yeah, it's a different relationship yeah because i remember when i'd ask my parents rarely to babysit the kids (laughs) and he was like i would tell him i'm like you know your grandfather is not going to put up with you doing anything Mm -hmm. and he will spank the shit out of you (laughs) (laughs) and it's okay because it's going to be his house and his rules and i'm not and so you better keep you know track of that (laughs) so (laughs) My dad says, yeah, so Andy comes in, you know, you dropped him off, we said goodbye, and Andy comes up to me and says, so I understand that you'll spank me if I do something (laughs) bad. And he says, yes, I will. I believe you. (laughs) (laughs) And then he was, like, really good the rest of the whole weekend. Uh, I'm like, so all I need to do is pound on my child and he'll behave? Is that the secret? Some kids. I grew up in a household. Yeah, I grew up in a household where my parents lived with my dad's parents so oh, i had grandparents multi generation yeah and that was very that was a weird dynamic like and then when my grandpa passed away my grandmother she was like a parent to me she took care of me during the day like in the summer when my parents were working sure you know so i had a third parent so that was fun when go ask your dad go ask your grandma go ask your mom so i had that going on. i remember constantly. playing that game on my parents asking oh, my mom i had three to play it with my mom would say <laughs> i don't know no you can't go ask dad <laughs> right. dad yeah. would say yes go back to mom Dad well, Dad said, said yes. Mm-hmm. He did? It's like, could you, you know, you're both in the same house. Maybe you should talk. <laughs> but then I got my way because they just were too exhausted with all these games. Mm-hmm. So I was number five. Mm-hmm. So yeah. my, my favorite thing to do was if I knew, like, that my mom or dad would probably say no to me, convince, like, my younger siblings, like, hey, you want to come do this or you want to be able to go do this. So I know they'll say yes to you. Oh, you go ask oh, on my oh, behalf. We've already, played, gonna, yeah. we've already played that game because if Fawn asks Bob, Bob to do something, we're mm-hmm. going to go do it. That's mm-hmm. no problem. He'll yeah. go to the zoo. Every He'll time. jump in the <laughs> corn pit at the <laughs> pumpkin patch. It's like if we asked him to do the, he would say, no way. But fine. Bob, Bob, you want? Yes, I'll do anything you want, precious child. All right. Well, it's time to take a little break. And we'll come back with more antics of Tom yeah. well, <laughs> while he's away. <laughs> Talk behind his back. <laughs> Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today 
or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tommy. So you're splitting the tab at lunch or pitching in on a gift for a coworker. Maybe you got to pay that football pool entry fee and you need to settle up now. What do you do if you don't have cash on hand? You could use one of those third-party transferring services that comes with fees and takes days. But how secure are they? Why not send money quickly and safely with the click of a button without the hassle of a middleman? What's the answer, Michael? The X-Check app brought to you by your local community bank. It's safe, secure, and simple to use. The X-Check app. Simply add a new contact by entering their name, phone number, and email into the app. Enter a dollar amount and then initiate the transfer. To accept the payment, the contact simply enters their bank information through a secure link sent via text or email. X-Check. Safe and simple from my banker, North American Banking Company. A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Oh, I don't think your mic's on. Uh, We're having some technical difficulties here on a Monday. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, so you got a case of the Mondays going on. Oh, your cable's broken, that's why. Uh-oh. You must have broken it. No, it's... It was the whole time. That's why it was crackling like that. Oh, I think it's on now. This is the inside. Yeah, this is behind the, the scenes. What yep. happens? Welcome to the. <laughs> well, anywho. <laughs> last night, oh. last night there was breaking news. Rick Ocasek from the Cars passed away. He was seventy-five years old. His, I don't know why they said his estranged wife was he. Is strange? She might have been strange. <laughs> well, she's it. the one who found him unresponsive. Mm-hmm. 911 was called, and he was pronounced dead at the scene. So I'm like, a strange wife. Would she just, like, didn't Happened hear from it. him for a yeah. couple of days and just, like, I'm going to go check on him? Or was she yeah, living there? Yeah, that could there? be. Because, know, yeah, normally when you say, like, a strange, like, they're not talking, they're not together, they're yeah, like completely they're just, separate. Sure. But, but, yeah. yeah yeah, I mean, if I remember watching the the video. I used to watch VH1 and MTV all the time, and I remember mm-hmm. uh, seeing the cars, and he kind of creeped me out a little bit because he was so like skinny and kind of yeah. He had that look. To he's, him. Yeah, he's kind of a weird, scraggly looking dude. Yeah, but God, man, their on? music. Oh, yes, you are. Uh, yeah, their music was. I mean, they started in the mid '70s all the way into the '80s, and even I don't know if they had any hits in the '90s or not, but. Yeah, it's a sad, you know, we just lost Eddie Money last Friday. Now, Rick Ocasek today, or last night. Yeah. And it's like, oh gosh, who's next? Although I did see a NASCAR driver, or some race hey, car yeah. driver, died today. Really? Yeah. Was it was it like race related? Like there wasn't like an accident in some NASCAR race? And Like I, I saw the story and then it like disappeared. So apparently he wasn't... Uh, uh, yeah, too uh, important <laughs> or something. Saying. Just a little news blip. I can, and there I you can go. name like five NASCAR drivers. Do like, you hear? The mics seem like they went out. Yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm going to... I'm going to the tower, I think. Okay. There we go. How's that? All right. Oh, perfect. That sounds... Oh, there we go. What the hell? 
Okay, well, here, here's a new story on Rick Akasic. Uh, Rick Akasic, lead singer and rhythm guitarist of the pioneering new wave band, The Cars. It's just our headphones. It's registering it, on the board. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, was found dead in Manhattan apartment Sunday afternoon. Police said the 75-year-old was pronounced dead at the scene after relatives found him unresponsive. The cause of death is unclear, though police say there is no sign of foul play. Okasik formed the band in Boston in the mid-'70s with Benjamin Orr, who used to be the lead singer. But then okay. he had, I think he had developed a brain tumor or some type of cancer and wrote almost all their songs. He helped kickstart the new wave movement by pinning his disaffected vocals against a herky-jerky rhythm guitar, dense keyboards, and dance floor-ready beats. So, yep. So R.I.P. Rick Akasic, your music will live on. So that that was probably the biggest news, I think, uh, over the weekend. God, news are drives me crazy sometimes. Let's see. But, um, well, football news. Ben Roethlisberger. God, I cannot say his last name. It's Roethlisberger? One of, yes, Roethlisberger. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tongue twister for me. Um, he is out for the season. He is having elbow surgery. Um, what ha- Did he dislocate his elbow or what's I'm going on? I'm not sure. I didn't actually see the injury or anything like that. But, yeah, he is having surgery. I think they said today, in which is just another saga for the Pittsburgh Steelers after going through oh. Le'Veon Bell last year and then the Antonio Brown thing as well at the end of last year and trading him and now mm-hmm. Roethlisberger it's like can't catch a break for they looked so bad not this last Sunday but the first week one mm-hmm. oh they looked so bad they're so yeah. just disjointed not in sync with each other yeah, you know. Which, I mean, it makes a little bit of sense because their offseason was all just the Antonio Brown drama of him tweeting at them and them having to answer questions about him. And, yeah, you would like to see them kind of get their act together and, and move on. But It's yeah, amazing we'll how one player can distract a whole team. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, just look at the, the Raiders. Like, that, their whole offseason and being on hard knocks was all him just in the cryo chamber with the frozen feet and then um, that helmet <laughs> issue. <laughs> like, We're a flip-flop, man. <laughs> you went into, oh, you went into this sub-zero tank barefoot? Like, yeah, that's why your feet are messed up. Of course that makes sense. And then, yeah, and then the helmet thing, which was dumb because it's like, he, I remember seeing like the quote when he finally got his helmet approved and he's like, I feel faster and agile now. And it's like, <laughs> I, play, I played football like I never once felt more agile because of the helmet I put on. Like, just give me the helmet and let's go play. Like, they used to say that about Nikes. Oh, yeah. Well, at least, like, <laughs> at least, that, yeah, that, at least, like, that's shoes. Like, okay, that has something that's on your feet. Like, yeah, that makes a little bit more sense. But did he get, like, an aerodynamic helmet? Yeah, or I'm what? like, what, yeah, what, how heavy was your the helmet they were trying to get just you? Just put use? some sails on that bad boy. <laughs> right. Yeah, come on. I, I think uh. that's just so weird. But we went through the same thing, though, with when Adrian, Adrian Peterson was going through that child abuse oh yeah you know and that really destroyed the morale of the team that mm-hmm. season and you know then many seasons ago we had what what did they call that the oh, minnetonka the boat? love boat the, the love, love boat. boat oh my that's yeah <laughs> oh that yeah was that was bad. so embarrassing and yeah it, it it's amazing how like just one player can take down the whole mm-hmm. morale of the team and completely destroy the season yeah and it's and there's always like because normally if it's like a player that's not a great player uh-huh. the team will like you, you can discipline the player and you'll cut them or trade them and get rid of them and everybody's fine but then when it's like the adrian peterson thing it's like okay this is an all-time great player mm-hmm. we can't 
like it's like oh we can't get rid of them like unless it's like the Ray Rice situation where it's on video and yeah. they have all of that then then yeah they tell him to go yeah go well, somewhere else but you know because I coach football I coach my son's uh, seventh grade football team I'm an assistant coach and I I keep trying to um, we, with Rosemount football we always encourage the kids that this is a team sport mm-hmm. you all have to contribute you all have to be good teammates to each other. Yeah. You know, don't get because I understand it gets frustrating, especially if you have a player that's not doing their best or not doing what they're supposed to do. Right. I said instead of getting mad at them or encourage them, help them out. And it seems like once they get into these, that you know, NFL or pro status, they mm-hmm. they're all for themselves. Yeah, and like the biggest difference is like when you're in high school and it's like most of the kids start doing like, oh, my friends are playing and I like football, so I'm gonna play. And it's more of that camaraderie type of atmosphere. And then like once you get to college, then like at least when I got there, it was like you realize like, oh, now this is like a business. This is mm-hmm. there's people here that are making a ton of money. And then when you get to the NFL, it's more so amplified. And now it's when the money gets involved, then it's the egos get they get there because we're making millions of dollars. Like I have a couple of friends that ended up getting drafted, and they would tell stories about how like guys in the locker rooms would roast each other because their signing bonus was bigger than guy X's signing bonus. And so when mm-hmm. all those egos get into one room, and you get one that thinks he's special, and it bring can bring the rest of the team down. Well, we were talking about Stefan Diggs over mm-hmm. the break, how he just whipped his helmet off. Yeah. He thought he said he was on the sideline. No, he wasn't. And yeah. it, it, you know, but see, he did the same thing at the, the end of the game when he had caught the Minnesota yeah. Miracle. Yep. But that, I don't think, it counted against him because it was the end of the game. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because it was the end of the game, so they just technically had to kick the extra point, but. Uh-huh. You thought you were on the sidelines. You're really standing in the end zone. You I take know. your you take your helmet off. Like it's, I get it. And you see players that tweet like, "Oh well, nobody gets to see our faces." It's like it's not about that. Like if you can take your helmet off, and go celebrate on the sidelines. Like act like you've been there before. Yeah, you know. And it's just like you know, you need to check your ego in the locker mm. room because when you take that field, it's not just you. Yeah. You, you have a whole team, and he cost his team some points. Now, mm. if we would have lost that game by two points or one point, that would have been. All on digs. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's and it's tough too because it's like the he is such an emotional player, and that is what fuels him, and mm-hmm. it's part of the reason that he's great. So you want him to just be emotional, but you got to get up to the line of not costing your team, whether it's penalty yards or points, and then make sure you don't go over over that. Yeah, point. yeah, you can't you can't let that happen because man, I tell you, if like I said, if we would have lost that game by one or two points. He would have been catching some major, major heat I today. I actually fell asleep during the game. Oh, you did? Two times. I thought it was so <laughs> ridiculous. Oh, God. I, I was yelling. I I just gave up. I'm like, this is a horrible game. And for a moment, for a moment, I thought we were going to get oh, there. I, I thought we were going to come back. And then mm, yeah. like, you see, we start running Minnesota. the ball, running the ball. And you see <laughs> you see Cousins just throw this lame duck. I like, know. easily just throw the ball away. What are you doing? And I'm well, like, all right. Just I, screaming at the TV. I had to step out for a minute so I didn't hear all of your Viking conversation. I'm kind of multi generational thing right now. It's mm-hmm. like my parents are in their 90s and now they're thinking about moving back to Minnesota. So I have to deal with trying to find them like a spot. No, I mean I got I got a I got another call. So that's strange that they would move to Arizona and then want to come <sighs> back here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that I think that when you're like, you know sort of like 
approaching the end of life. Right. You want to be closer to family. Exactly. And More family. There's only yeah. my sister down there, which, I mean, she's been taking care of them and dealing with them for a long time. And that's great. And they've, they've liked all that. But, um, yeah, it's something about coming home, mm -hmm. I think, is mm -hmm. important to you at that level. But, yeah, that game was uh, very... I, it, was, it was so funny. We were watching... I don't remember what station it was. We were watching the news, and they were talking about the game <laughs> in true Minnesota fashion. It's like, well, the Vikings... It, you know, we have to be happy because it could have been a lot worse because it didn't look like they were going to score at all for oh, a while. Yeah. And I'm like, Gee, it could have been a lot worse. We it lost. Was, yeah, it was, <laughs> we it, lost. It looked like we were about to get shut out and just ran completely out of the building. Yeah. It was like the whole range of emotions of we're a terrible team. And then we start to yeah. come back. We're like, okay, yeah, we just got off to a slow start. We're good. We're, well, we can make this work. And then we had those calls against us that were crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the pass interference on Dalvin Cook in the end zone. Even the one on uh, Adam Thielen, I think, had one. Yeah. Davis had one. And it was yeah. like, these are all just normal football plays that are now just getting completely destroyed. Yeah, they said that that Adam Thielen pushed off the defensive player. No, he just stuck his hand out because the other guy was trying to deflect the ball. So he yeah. was just... He it like, wasn't yeah, like he, he like swam. Like... He like swam over the top of him and tried to catch the football. And yeah. It's like that's. And then the Packers were using reviews, in my opinion, because we all of a sudden got some momentum. Mm -hmm. So every mm -hmm. single thing they started calling a review on, which was really irritating. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. I saw a meme that says the penalty on the Minnesota Vikings for not being the Packers. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> right. that's what it was like. And even the commentators on Fox were like, yep. are you guys noticing that yep. there's a lot more penalties going on for the or getting called on the Vikings and the Packers? Oh, and then at one time there was two there were two flags thrown and one was against us and one was against the Packers and only the one against us stood. Yeah, they're like after discussion what? we decided that we're going to pick up that flag and it's just holding on the Vikings. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was a very bizarre. Almost seemed like a little <laughs> yeah. the point. I was like, all of a sudden, I see a ref's hat fly out on the field. I'm like, why yeah, is there a hat? That? He, he already yeah. threw his one flag, so he needed something else to throw, oh. so he threw his hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was getting to the point where it's like, this is you know, this is when I fall asleep is when there's flags thrown on every stinking play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? when you're running out of flags to yeah. throw, there's a problem. Yeah, let's just play football at this point. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, it, it was a – well, Kirk Cousins did not play to no. par. No. He was making poor – no, uh, he missed. He missed a lot of open throws, and like there's one to digs overthrew, overthrew, overthrew feeling, the ball. I don't yeah. know how many times. Yeah, and like he almost had like six interceptions. He would have thrown. He had two were caught. But how old is he? Uh, he's got to be like early thirties, probably. Like oh, 32. so he's not like a rookie rookie. No. Okay. Oh no, he's oh, no. he should not be making these he mistakes. He feels like, like a rookie. These are like. First-year high school type mistakes like that he's making. Yeah, it look the Vikings look like a completely different team than they did last week. Completely yeah. different. And like team. our running game still like we're averaging like seven yards a carry, so our running game still looks good. It's just we got to get Cousins to be able to yeah. hit an open receiver. Yeah, they got to work on the pass blocking and and giving Cousins some time because there was a lot of times too he was rushed and then he would just throw the ball. Well, he should have just carried the ball or threw the ball out of bounds. Yeah, you know you don't. I'd rather see you gain two yards than almost throw an interception. You think? Sorry. And, and you then, think? Well, it's, it's like he, when he runs, he's probably going to fumble the football. I saw like it was a stat. He's had 44 fumbles over like the course of his career, which is more than any running back probably in the league, probably more than half the teams that have had fumbles. Why can't the Vikings get a good quarterback? I don't know. We've, is that we've the had question? good quarterbacks. I mean, not we in just, a while. We... Not in a while. Probably the same reason we can't find a good kicker. That is also. But why is 
that so hard? Oh, no. I don't know. Is it, is it just me <laughs> or do all the kickers, <laughs> like the majority of the kickers in the league look like they're 14? Yeah, that's true. I don't know yeah. what's going on, but I'm like, are they recruiting these they kids just, from high they school? They just look so much smaller, I think, compared well, to the other right. guys. They just, well, no, they look so young in the face. I, they literally look like they're 14, 15 years old. And I'm like, uh, did you even go to college? I mean, what's going on here? Yeah, and you would think that they'd age terribly because of all the stress and like <laughs> the pressure, <laughs> the pressure that they're under from the fans and stuff so yeah i don't know how many times we've lost a game by one field goal very irritating yeah so oh we gotta take a break oh, yep but we we'll be back i got some kind of breaking news that happened started last night economic uh general motors the all the plants 40 50 000 workers just went on strike at midnight last night oh. so we'll talk about that new story when we get back tom here for saber plumbing heating and air conditioning right now saber and bryant are teaming up to offer zero percent financing for 36 months when you buy a new bryant furnace this is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free energy efficient furnace from saber and when you buy bryant equipment you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry this 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Start the new year looking great and feel even better by losing 20 to 40 pounds with help from my friends at Ultimate, powered by Nutramost. It's Tom, and I'm thrilled to let you know that for a very limited time, you'll receive 20 to 30% off all programs with Ultimate's New Year's Resolution Sale. Do what I did and let Dan and Neil Sheehy and the staff at Ultimate help you change your relationship with food forever. With the help of Ultimate, I lost 41 pounds and another 42 pounds in each of my two 40-day programs. Debbie P. from Minoka lost 31 pounds in 43 days. Cheryl S. of Webster lost 36 pounds in 43 days. And Ron D. from Lakeville lost 57 pounds in just 43 days. Live your healthiest life starting today. Schedule an immediate consultation and receive 20 to 30% off all programs for a limited time. Call Ultimate, powered by Nutramost, 763 333 7337. 763 333 7337. All right, we're back again. Am I on? Okay, new, new microphone. New, cord. new weird shield thing. New shield, new cord. <laughs> I feel like I have to peek over to see everybody. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Up, you can upify your chair. Andy got some new toys, so. It's supposed to make us sound better. Do I sound better? Feedback. Feedback. Horribleness. Oh, yeah. Sometimes some shows we have a guest who will crank his headphones so loud that I don't know how JB. his skull doesn't shatter. <laughs> yeah, I, know, right? I think JB might be deaf. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people, actually. I remember one time um, Alex was telling me that she thought that she had a hearing problem because she was she thought that was why she wasn't paying attention in schools because she just couldn't <laughs> That's hear. That's got to mm-hmm. be it. So I brought her in, you know, Costco has that little booth where you can just walk in and, you know, say, can I hit a hearing test? This was test? like 10 years ago. It was a long time yeah. ago. <laughs> so the guy puts the little thing on her and just testing her hearing, and he's just grinning. And I'm like, it's not a hearing problem. I can right. tell you right now, it's just a daydreaming, not listening to people mm-hmm, yep. problem, because I have the same problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's in our gene pool. So he gets done with the test, and... He's like, well, I have to tell you, you got the hearing of a German Shepherd dog. <laughs> so you do not have a hearing problem. No. 
She's like, damn. Uh, <laughs> there goes that theory. Okay, well, <clears throat> right before the break, I mentioned that GM went on strike, and it says roughly 49,000 workers at General Motors plants in the U.S. plan to go on strike just before midnight, oh, which was midnight dear. Sunday. Uh, but talks between the United Auto Workers and the automaker will resume. About a 200 plant-level union levers voted unanimous, unanimously, words are hard today, in favor of a walkout during a meeting Sunday morning in Detroit. So, ugh, I tell you, mm. that's going to impact hugely if they can't negotiate a, a new contract. Um, my ex-husband worked for the Ford plant here in St. Paul, and I can tell you how many times they were threatening to go on strike because these union contracts with the the you know Ford, mm-hmm. uh, they would always falter, and you know I can't I can't imagine living you know living like that. And then the, if you have a family to provide for and you cross that mm-hmm. picket line, you are so chastised by your former oh, or I'm your sure. fellow yeah. coworkers. Oh yeah, no, but it's like what are you going to do? Starve? <laughs> I know because you don't get paid when you go on strike. I oh gosh, I. That's why I'm, I'm confused. You pay your union dues. Why don't they put some money aside for when you do have to go I on know. a strike so right. you get at least, you know, a little bit of money to buy groceries or something? Yeah, it's not like these unions are hurting for money for the most part, especially one like auto unions. They have lots of money and lots of power, so they mm-hmm. should be able to do that. Well, one of our listeners, Emil, in, in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. he works for GM, and he said it would definitely affect him because I stay late and get most of our new cars ready for the lot, but the Teamsters are planning on not delivering the vehicles. Oh. oh. I so, and if, like, <laughs> let's say he, like, shows up, he's like, okay, I'm not I'm not going on strike, and he's right. like, oh, I'm here to do my job, and, like, no cars show up, would he still get paid? Like, yeah, that's a good question. Like, if I'm, like, the guy that's supposed to put the steering wheel in the car, but nobody's putting the rest of it together, like, right. hey, I'm here with all these steering wheels just waiting for you guys to put well, it I think most, aren't <laughs> most cars put together by robots? Right. Yeah. So what, so these are the people that probably are keeping the line going, or yeah. some of the jobs that robots obviously couldn't Can't do? do. Mm-hmm. I well, don't know. But so you need people to man the robots. You need people right. for quality control. Whether mm-hmm. if sure. it's a robot putting the part on, they do need somebody to supervise it sure. to make sure yeah. that there's no malfunction with the the robotic arms of putting these so parts on. Yeah. What are what are they asking for? What are they? What do the people want? I think it's, it doesn't is it really pay get raise. Is it? Sure. I'm sure it's probably. It's always money. Let's see. Just says contracts. So usually with a contract, when it comes to auto workers, it's benefits. Mm-hmm. Pay increases, what they or cost of living increases. See, I always feel, and I'm probably wrong, but I always feel that if somebody's in a union job, that they've already got pretty good benefits. They do, right? When, when my when my ex worked for Ford, uh, our health insurance, mm-hmm. we didn't pay a penny for it. Wow. They covered the hundred percent premium. All yeah. we had, and for the- somebody that pays tons of money for horrid insurance that doesn't pay for anything with mm-hmm. sky high deductibles, that sounds like a really cushy, wonderful thing. <laughs> well, I know, and, and they were trying to um, before the Ford plant closed here in St. Paul. They were trying to renegotiate contracts to keep it open, to say, you know, and I'm oh, like, why, right. you know. I would, even as a, a union worker, I'd say, look, just to keep my job, I'd say I even pay a portion of my premium if I can keep my job and keep this plant going. But the union uh, reps refused to do anything. And um, I know Governor Palenti at the time was trying to negotiate and work with the union and Ford to try and keep that plant going. 
And it just, they're like, nope, nope, we're just going to close it. Some unions do have strike pay. And the yeah, GM so, union is one of them, but it's $250 a week. Yeah. So they might as well just don't have strike pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I know, but that'll at least cover uh, yeah, groceries. Help, right. I guess. I'm, I'm thinking eat, that's probably what they're thinking. At least it's keep groceries. The water on. And that was probably something that was newly negotiated because I know when uh, my ex worked at Ford, if they went on strike, they didn't get anything. Wow. No, they didn't. At wow. that time. So, you know, it changes so that as each time they do a new contract, they'll add stuff like that in there. So if we were to go on strike, we want $250 a week or we want this or that, you know, it, it's constantly changing. And I. Okay, so let me ask you a question. So when the. When the union is negotiating on behalf of the employees and the mm-hmm. employees don't want their factory to be shut down and would give concessions, why don't they have to why don't why don't the labor unions have to put it to a vote before they just say no, we're closing down a plant? Unions have a lot of power. But that doesn't seem like that's for the people. I know at that and, point. You know, it it gotten to the point where the uni- unions have priced the employee out of the market. Because mm-hmm. um, at the time, my ex, when he when the plant closed, he was making $30 an hour, full benefits. I mean, everything was paid for. And what was he doing? What was his job? His job at the time, I want to say was it, it a was... a high-skill job? Or? No, it wasn't a high-skill job. It was just, I think, at the time, I think he was doing left-side box alignment on the Ranger truck. That was it. Left side box alignment. So the portion of the pickup truck. Yeah, the bed. Yeah. Pickup bed. Just mm. It would drop down and he would just have to make sure it's lined up. He put so, the level on. Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay. And, and well, the longer you're there, for that, then maybe. the longer, yeah. yeah, the longer you're there, the cushier job you get and the more pay you get. Uh, right. So, and when you have, but see, the problem was, is that at that time, he was, this was p- prior to 9-11. Ford had a huge problem with Firestone tires. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, that, Even that's, I remember that. That's what they put on the Ranger truck. So it hit them hard bad. I mean, sure. the plant, they had to close the plant down for like three weeks so they can re-put new tire, get new tires shipped in and get rid of the Firestone tires. And then 9-11 happened, which was a huge economic hit on uh, uh, the United States. So when you have an economic downturn... Sure. First but thing their to go pay is, is going up, cars, right. and they're not moving product. Mm-hmm. That's a problem, you know. So, you know, I, it's one of the. I understand why they have a union to represent that many employees to make sure they have, you know, you know, a fair job and safety and safety. Mm-hmm. You know, they have OSHA standards and all that stuff. But you need to make adjustments, and you know, a lot of these people that worked work for these unions. They refuse to give anything up. They refuse. They're so stubborn about it. And it's like there's so many people involved here. It's not just about this little union rep. Right. You know? Well, that's why I don't understand why it doesn't have to go to a vote then. I mean, if you're forcing an issue, then it should go to a vote. Usually the only time it goes to vote is when they're renegotiating a contract to have things added in Mm -hmm. or taken out. And it's amazing how these unions can get people their jobs back my ex would come home and tell me that people were stealing stereos and, like, throwing them over the fence at <laughs> oh Ford. God. And they would get fired, but then the union got them their jobs back at full pay. Of course. Well, 
well, that now see that doesn't seem like a good use of the but that's union what they do. power. That's power. what these union refs do, and you're pay- And part of the reason why they're, I mean, the more money the union rep gets their employees, the more money they get. Yeah. So it's benefit mm-hmm. for them more than it is the employee. So that's probably why they shut the Ford plant down because it just wasn't cost effective enough. Even that they had their own power plant and they didn't have to really pay for power. I mean, they had to pay to maintain the power plant there Mm -hmm. off the river, but they owned it. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to pay XL Energy or anything like that. They owned it. And so you would think it would be a cost-effective way to run a plant, but they just decided to get rid of it and tore it down. Well, like anything, it just seems like once there's a lot of money and power, then it just doesn't become... It doesn't have the spirit of what it was formed for in the first place. Yes. Anytime anyone has too much power, everything goes to hell. <laughs> no matter what. I know. Just well, like the NFL. Unions, <laughs> when it comes no, to... You're not wrong. When it comes to unions and in large company corporations like GM, Ford, stuff like that, it's very political. Mm-hmm. Very political. And it's, it's no different than watching a presidential debate. And those people can get pretty, pretty salty at those meetings. Sure. Like some, uh, my ex told me a couple times people were ready to go to blows with each other at these sure. union meetings. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I would not want to work in an environment like that, you know, where everything is dependent on somebody's decision like that. It, oh, that scares me, you know. But well, hopefully they can get their contracts renegotiated. And it says here it's unclear how many workers the two plants would employ, the closure, especially of the Ohio plant has become issues in the 2020 presidential campaign. President Donald Trump has consistently criticized the company and demanded the Lordstown to be reopened. So, yep, it's definitely... And it's weird how these... Trump doesn't like Ford or GM? I I I don't think he loves unions so much. No, probably not. Anymore. Why wouldn't he like GM? Unions are pretty democratic. They're usually... I mean, when... When it was Gore versus Bush, mm-hmm. the unions were pushing all the employees at Ford to vote for Gore. They were telling you who to vote for. Well, of course. That, to me, is not well, right. That's really what You're, they're supposed to be doing. No, but that's what, it's an agenda. It's no different than, like, sure. community organizing, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. It's just, oh, God. But, yeah, hopefully these workers can get something worked out so they can get back to work because that would not be good. And it no. affects so many people, like Emil, he... He doesn't even work in Detroit, but it's going to affect him because he works for a GM facility in Wisconsin. Now it's going to affect him and everybody else around. So hopefully they'll get it worked out and we'll figure it out from there. There's a lot of people going out of work. Yes. They're going into the holiday season, too. Right. And it's it's amazing to just get all of those people like, hey, because it wasn't like leaked ahead of time, like, oh, we're going to be going on strike. Like to just now all of a sudden just spring it where all these people are not going to show up to work and it yeah. was all well organized. Like, yeah. You're going into the holiday season. You're going into needing to heat your house season. It's mm-hmm. just not a good time for anybody. I don't think a strikes ever, ever has a good time. It seems like especially bad. Well, I have some advice for everybody. Mm-hmm. Don't ever watch the movie hex. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you live, if you are the most bored you've ever been, which hex Okay, this is the one that is in based, I believe, in Cambodia. 
Okay. Cambodia. Cambodia. Oh, yeah. I need to look up, like... There's, like, some voodoo stuff going on in it, and... I do. But it's two Americans. <laughs> yeah, there was a 2015... Somehow. There was a 2017 and a 2018, all named Hex. Okay, mm-hmm. this is the weird thing. So Tom's looking around. He wants to watch this because every time Alex comes over, they like to watch a, some sort of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing it wasn't the 2015 because it was shot in it was made by the Nigerian people. No, I don't think so. But this was so Tom's looking around, and there was another one, which is the one that he wanted to watch, which took place in the English countryside, but we ended up with the one in Cambodia. So you wanted 2017 and you got 2018, I believe. So this is all released on Netflix or Hulu or whatever Uh, it was, all at the same time. Okay. (laughs) Not confusing. And... A young backpacker's holiday romance turns into a nightmare when the the girl has blackouts. Yes, that's the one. You got the 2018 one, which is not one. But to add to the confusion... On, I think it was Netflix, not sure, don't quote me, the the description of the other Hex movie, okay, it said it was the one in the English countryside, but when you bought it or looked at the trailer, it was this new one. Oh, geez. They didn't even know what they, they were doing. They don't even know what's going <laughs> on. They're getting their stuff mixed. There Hex released with less than a year apart. That's a little weird. Well, I think that they were just released on... Voodoo well, or no. Netflix. One or was made in 2017 yeah, and the other was made in But I'm just saying that you know how sometimes they're so released like, at a different time, but they were released basically at the same time on Netflix. Netflix. Oh, oh, okay. And, and then they've got the, and then they had the everything mixed up so you didn't even know what you were watching. Yeah. So. <laughs> the one in Cambodia, hard pass. Okay. <laughs> hard, well, hard pass. No bueno. No. <laughs> no, watch that one. Yeah. So if you want to watch Hex, don't watch the one where it's a woman with the word Hex. Yes, on her that chest. one is okay. Watch Horrible. the one where it's a guy with a torch. That's going to do it. We'll talk to you on Monday with the family.